And what do you make of the of the fourth wheel? <laughs> the other kid, the kid with all the facts about everything. Ah, oof, good. Yeah, I haven't. I hadn't thought much about him. I think probably like he must. He must trigger some traumatic area for me because I I haven't really thought about oh interesting <laughs> this aspect of the movie at all. <laughs> but I well, find I'm struck it by a few things about him. Um, mm. One is that I think he looks a little bit like a young Bob Zemeckis. I think uh... if you look at pictures of Bob and the glasses that he used to wear. I mean, maybe I'm reading into this, but I kind of think it's a little Bob Zemeckis as a nerdy kid idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and then he gets some of the most interesting dialogue. Like he starts talking about the Aztecs and all the stuff that, <laughs> that feel like little director inserts, you know, like, let me just talk about this other thing here for some reason. Moving right along. You know? <laughs> oh, like um, direct. Yeah, I see what you mean. Direct a um, commentary or something. Yeah, well, he says, like, at, towards the end, he says, like, a bunch of stuff about time in rapid succession. He's like, we got time to kill, you know, all, all this stuff. Like, <laughs> I feel like Zemeckis, is, he's always having people say these, like, little pop culture quotes that have, like, deeper <laughs> meanings, though, you know? It's mm. a weird thing about him. Like, he's not just saying we got time to kill. He, that's a theme for Zemeckis. It's the clock tower getting struck by lightning. You know, and he, he puts it in the mouth of that kid, who then also yeah. is the atomic kid, because he wears that shirt, just yellow, that says atomic physics or something on it. Oh, right? it's or got this rocket, like nuclear yeah. or something, Pluto, or I don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, dude, of course. But it's something in that like direction. The, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he has this sort of like nuclear. Um, yes, yes, it's some imagery. nuclear thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I just realized, I, like, I just remember that that Santa in this movie, like, he whips his rainbow whip and just like explodes into the clock tower. Yes, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. It's which, just like the DeLorean, you know. So right. It, which is light, like it's lightning. Yeah. Touching the clock tower. <laughs> well, after I watched um, A Christmas Carol, I really came mm -hmm. to appreciate how much Back to the Future is just borrowing from that story, from the whole Ghosts of Christmas Future idea. Ah, know? fuck. Um, okay. Yeah. Because really, like, you see Doc look at his own grave and all that, and that's that stuff happens in A Christmas Carol. Like, like Scrooge, right. looking, the, the ghost shows him his own grave. It's like... He's like yeah, picking little totally. pieces of, of that story. Yeah. Mm. And then then mm. it's like Doc is like, he's also, he's haunted by Marty, who's like a ghost from the future. So it really, there's like a weird Christmas. It's always seemed that way to me. Back mm -hmm. to the Future is like a weird Christmas movie somehow, you know, <laughs> even though it's not yes. set in anything to do with it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Gremlins, like another Courthouse Square movie, it really becomes a Christmas movie. But somehow that energy is already there. I think it, it relates partially to the fact that Zemeckis shoots the Twin Pines Mall in a way that makes it look like a frozen lake. Mm. See all that blue reflection ground, you know? It uh, makes you think you're a little bit in winter. Um, I don't know. Oh, man. Well, oh, I, no. Yeah. Oh, and I, 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 had, I had the realization recently, too, that that iconic tableau with the Twin Pines, it's all <laughs> Christmas colors, dude. 
it's green pines, green pines, Christmas trees. It's Christmas trees, you know? Mm. It's Christmas trees, and then you have the red on the clock, and... Uh, um, right. It's green and red, and it's just a, it's a and it's like it's an alarm, so it's like a Christmas bell. It's a clock alarm. It's you know, it's a. Uh huh. Oh, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it just is already this kind of Christmas image, and then it's just like what's at the center of of Bob's mandala in Polar Express? It's a big green, so it's the Lone Pine. You know, it's all connected in that way. <laughs> Oh, dude! Fuck! Of course, it is a lone pine. The center—it's a right, the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. funny. <laughs> Jesus, and ah, uh, yeah. And this is just a, like a stray thought, but the the whole Christmas Carol thing is about three ghosts, right? Ghosts yeah. of Christmas past, present, and future. So, the, the whole sort of like flux capacitor, like Trinity. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. The sort of Hecate thing. Um, yeah. Well, and the fact that the, that the three films basically do that, like the oh, first right. one is about the past, the second one's kind of about the present with the alternative 1985, and then, mm. well, I guess the third one is about the deep past, so that no longer tracks, but mm, 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 mm. I guess you kind of have past and present and future both in part two and then part three is just often its own weird train eternal train teacher falling into the ravine weird m metaphor universe god that's a weird movie i still don't know how to make sense of part three really i wonder if part three is about like moving into the future where like welcome to the future <laughs> Oh, it's, uh, yeah, like you're finally moving towards the future, like you, you, you're, you've dealt with the past and, and now you're sort of, you're moving on kind of thing. But it's a weird, God, man, I, this is another theme I'm encountering recently in my own stuff. It's the mm -hmm. theme of weird fringe characters like doc being normalized at the end of a saga like suddenly oh, yeah, he's like yeah. he's married to like it's the sort of monogamous marriage uh and then they sort of like go off into like the distance and and this stuff always makes me wonder what is happening there is the, is it simultaneously a symbolic representation of actual like integration of some sort of alchemical marriage mm. while also being like the opposite of that a a sort of repression of fringeness that allows the problems that that fringeness uh, represented to end like they just get buried under right, <laughs> like right, doc right, just right, becomes yeah. like a, a status quo kind of citizen i, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm being mean, too cynical very, there but <laughs> no no i i see what you mean and i think very often the the intention 
is to do the latter is to make it mm. is to whitewash the character but the unconscious ends up putting its little jokes in there you know yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I um, you know, because they marry they hmm. marry off Doc and all this, but then it's like Claire is clearly related to the moon and it's big telescope thing again, and so it's it's still like weird, like it's not normal in any way. Like Doc Doc has to travel back to the old west <laughs> to yeah. find a bride, and then the bride is like <sighs> some moon movie moon telescope metaphor. It's like okay, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, this is weird because it always feels as if the more that a movie tries to whitewash something, the more that those whitewashed um, images symbolically resonate with some dark (laughs) culturally culturally taboo unconscious. Um, It's like it's it's a direct an opposite kind of um, force. The, the movie is consciously yes. trying to go one way, but it, it can't do that without activating all sorts of archetypal energies that tell the opposite story, that tell exactly another story. Totally, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if what I'm about to say even makes sense or how relevant it is or isn't, but I was mm-hmm. thinking sort of maybe adjacently to that about like the, the term soy boy, you know, and oh, like yeah. how it's like, it's like, okay, that's used to like, like emasculate people, you know, by, by sort of saying like, you don't drink real milk. So you're not a real man. Uh-huh, right. You, you drink fake milk, like a fake man. But, mm-hmm. but the thing just starts by setting up a frame where it equates drinking real milk. <laughs> with manhood which is in reference to like the mother you know so it, it oh, like betrays fuck. like an anima complex just in the basic selection of metaphor you know oh man <laughs> i hadn't thought of that that's funny i i i just sort of like i i had encountered that word like a lot but i just very recently learned what it meant actually mm-hmm. uh, that's funny also because drinking milk is like such a exactly such a childhood thing not not just in the in the like breastfeeding sense but in in the sense of it it, it has this sort of like uh school it's a fantastic uh, insult like <laughs> soy boy yeah. like, I, I wonder if you conceptualized it that because wow yeah it, stuck it, around it's funny it it because uh, it it's god what am i trying to say it's like um recess uh quarreling kind of thing with very young children <laughs> yeah. who don't uh, drink yeah, alcohol yeah, exactly. yet. it's 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 yeah, pre alcohol yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like huh real adult boys drink milk you know like oh god and this relates back to the hot <laughs> chocolate and all this we have the, uh-huh. the cup of hot chocolate, which is a form of milk, and then the mm. cup of Joe, which somehow exists in like a, it's like an adult version of the chocolate milk. Like, yeah, and it's served like on the top of the train, like the forbidden area. Totally, yeah. yeah. 
we never oh. see liquor but one mm. but it's sort of implied in that sequence you know <laughs> chocolate milk coffee and then like booze would be the next like adult mm. step you know yep yep ah uh, that's funny god yeah and it has the sock in it like the dirty sock um oh uh, yeah 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 <laughs> how weird is that that shot of the ringing mm-hmm. of that sock while the kid yeah. coughs like i've watched choke it slowed on a loop and it, it seems to me that the that the the rhythm of the choking is actually very tightly like synchronized to the motions with the hand like they're really going out of their way to 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 link it visually like i, I want to get it into an editor and just kind of like squish the frame in on itself a little bit so that so that those hands are transposed over the kid and see how tightly the animation lines up. It almost looks to me like they started with the hands on the kid's neck and then just like shifted it over and put a sock there, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not you know, that bad, but it, it's intensely strange, that shot, I think. Yeah, I think what's frightening about that shot is that I think I completely agree with you on that. I think the mm. ringing of the sock is synchronized with the choking. Um, yes. And this is something that you can only achieve with animation. Yes. Only. Yes. Because it's, 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 I mean, you know, you would need Stanley Kubrick levels of uh, precision to get that. And, and, and not even that. It's, like you say, it's as if literally... <laughs> that sock, like... <laughs> comes out of nowhere too like you watch that shot the kid's like about to drink the coffee like then, then as soon as he starts choking like suddenly like the sock gets whipped out by this guy it's just mm-hmm. so funny it's so kind of clumsy almost in that way yeah and you know this is funny how with animation movies that's what's frightening about them is that I think that people who make animation movies can't avoid doing that kind of stuff because it just must be so um satisfying to synchronize stuff like in animation movies the the rustling of the trees is often like rhythmically synchronized totally yeah yeah the the steam from the locomotive because everything in the world everything in that animated universe is like bouncing to the same melody um and so, Mary melodies right that's what they, they called those early cartoons oh right yeah 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 it 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 feels as if they in a twisted way it feels as if they could have synchronized the ringing of the sock and the choking of the coffee without even being aware of the implications of that like maybe uh, i hope they were because I find it makes that it more interesting very- very, very hard to believe <laughs> with that particular thing it's a child getting choked you know in this weird yeah. movie i don't know maybe you're right i can see you being right but wow that's hilarious if if there's that level of imprecision in the unconscious <laughs> zones because what does that mean about everything else in those zones bob just really putting a flux capacitor in there for no reason just because he's mm. like fuck it that'll be hilarious let's put this part of my the movie. All right. Let's get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next one. Oh, I know. I'll just recycle this thing I did from Forrest Gump over here. 
Fine. Works. See, like, he's just lazy, you know. He's like the same that. like few things like over and over again a million times. <laughs> I've got my little yeah. stencils here, and they work for me. I'll just replicate this one scene a thousand <laughs> times. So that, that'll be my movie. <laughs> God, man. But like, like I agree. the The implications of of that are really fucked up because the the ringing being synchronized with the neck choking is so animation perfect. It's so yeah. just almost mathematically perfect in its yeah. rhythm yeah. that like, what the hell? <laughs> Why you, you can't saying? help but notice it. Like it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so like, yeah, it makes you uneasy, right? You're like, what? Like it makes the whole scene uneasy to watch. Um, well, it, it, it goes yeah. by quick. So it is absolutely an instance of Zemeckis. It, it's as if he spliced a dick in the <laughs> film or something, you know? He's just yeah. shown you something without letting you acknowledge that you saw it, really. Mm, yeah. Which is a, it's kind of a nasty trick to do as a director, I think. <laughs> so I have yeah. to imagine that if you're doing that, you, you must be doing it for some reason. But maybe not. Maybe it's just some fucked up joke to him. Like, could be. <laughs> It seems like Freaked was made that way. It's basically just a bunch of fucked up jokes. The th thing is, though, that like mm. his movies don't, they are deceived because they don't tell you that they're going to have subversive content in the subtext, really. <laughs> this was a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. This is a Disney movie. Disney produced it, right? I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. So this is a Disney movie that shows you like a scary homeless man like subliminally strangling a child, you know, for apparently no reason, for for no like earthly reason. Like you'd have to really think about the movie to like understand why the fuck that should be happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. No, it, it like I it it just it's such a I, it it is so not the kind of movie that you would hope it would be from the poster. Like it, it's yeah, yeah, it's such yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> it's so mean. Like it's a Christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah. movie, and then and then it's it's like terrifies you. It's supposed to <laughs> right. It's supposed to be about Christmas cheer, but then it's this it's this bizarre nightmare. It's funny, <laughs> man. And and did you notice like there are many shots where the camera? It almost is like he's just torturing children. Like he just wants to torture children. He just wants to make movies that haunt little kids' nightmares. You know. Anyway. Well, that see exactly. I I agree that because the film is making certain choices that are very threatening and scary. Um, yeah. And I I mean I love it, but like it's like this. The train, man, did you notice that he shoots the train several times from the ground in a way that makes, you know, the, the, the central, like, snow-shoveling bit of the train that's like a spiky, like, um, yeah. like jaw at the very bottom yeah. of the front of the train? He, yeah. he films that many times in a way where that's spiky bit of the train runs over the camera at the same ah, time yes. as, as there's some sort of like musical cue that, that um 
that makes you focus on that. Like the music does something that suggests, hey, you've just been run over by the train kind of thing. Right, right, right. And if that was, if it was a cute train, like, look, the train just sort of collided into the fourth wall. That's cute. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's such a threatening iron beast. <laughs> you yes, know, it's totally. It's, it's quite scary. Yeah. Uh, really spiky and like, like obviously it, it, if you try to imagine yourself as the camera, if you empathize with the camera, it makes you flinch a little bit because it's a yeah. painful, like if it were three, if it were a 3d movie, it would make you kind of like cower because like, ugh, no, I agree. He does that a lot. He, he makes you feel like you're dead. He positions <laughs> the camera under the ice at the end, you know, mm, like, what's going totally. on there? When the, when the yeah. kid picks up the bell, you see that from underneath the ice. You're like a corpse <laughs> beneath the ice. Like That's fucked up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's kind of echoing that shot that he does earlier where he submerges you into the paper of the book like that the kid is oh. reading. Like you see, like, which is a really strange thing to feel as a viewer. He's like push. he's like shoving you into the into the geometry of the scene, you know, <laughs> like into the terrain. You're like mm. a video game character clipping into a boundary that you shouldn't be in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know what to make about that, but it's just, he, he uses that trick exactly twice in that first shot. And then it, and he uses it at the end. He always seems to do that. Like the first ten minutes of his movies contain all the little visual, like patterns that then he unfolds over the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, I think putting you underneath the ice is a a chilling. <laughs> well, that's just it. it, it it's chilling. It relates to the idea of free, freezing time. I suppose mm. that might be part of it. Oh, good. Nice. I like that. Like time slows down. Yeah. And you you're focusing on the icy quality of that. Yes, yeah. Yes. You know, okay, so and this is time huh, slows is, down yeah. and bends into a circle. <laughs> it seems to do mm. both. <laughs> Comes all mm. about clocks and other rotating spinning things like the records and, and all of that. Ah. Uh... And the, you know, okay, so shit. There are several things about that. First is that mm. the movie is playing with themes of heat, and uh, you know, there's the radiator, there's the hot chocolate, the hot Joe, uh, there's the fireplace. Um, so heat, heat, heat. There's a lot of like hot. Yes. And 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 the coal, the engine of the train, but then the whole movie is about going to the coldest place in the planet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it has a weird union of opposites thing. It's, it has this strange union of opposites thing. Um, yeah. It's almost like an inverse of what happens on Christmas. Because I'm thinking about like the fire in the center, which is the fireplace. It's like the heart mm. of the home. And that's mm. where Santa appears. He appears in the center of the home, which is a flame. It also becomes like celestial then, because that's like the sun. So it naturally ties it into nice some like weird astrological stuff, maybe. Um, well, dude, I, I like uh, I'm just looking at the movie poster. 
And uh, it's really striking because the one of the most striking parts of it for me is the light coming out of the train. It's just this enormous. Oh, totally. It's yeah. Stupid Angelic. beam of light, which gets juxtaposed with the white light of the Milky Way above. Oh, right, right, right. It's kind of like comparing these two forms of light. There's like enormous white starry skies. It's and funny. It really is yeah. structurally like an alien abduction movie. It has all <laughs> the same beats. It's like oh, rural fuck. houses, and then this like it's like a UFO comes and abducts all the kids, <laughs> and it's like it's elves, you know, which are like they're like aliens. I don't know. Oh man, you just gave me like real uh, ch- uh, chills <laughs> saying that it uh, is totally an abduction story it is yeah that's funny but it's like a Jungian abduction story yeah yeah uh, that's also a Christmas movie like Zemeckis <laughs> right right so it's all it exactly. my brain it's all fucking same oh <laughs> Dude, I'm afraid to watch the new one. <laughs> you know, he just released a new movie on my birthday called The Witches. Yeah, I saw, I saw. Bob Zemeckis released yeah. a movie on my birthday <laughs> called The Witches, in which three children get turned into rodents in some insane roll doll extravaganza. I, I read the book when I was a kid. It's totally about witches that eat kids and torture mm-hmm. kids it's like that kind of thing yeah so oh, oh man oh. and it got terrible reviews which means it's probably going to be excellent <laughs> <laughs> oh no in the excellent good... in this terrible way <laughs> it's going to be that's... maximally like vomitous you know that's a good sign yeah 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 <laughs> oh no and it's CG again, because he turns the kids into little mouse people. So it's going to be a lot of animation. Yikes. Anyway, Fuck. that's for another day, I think. I don't know if I can handle that this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I yeah, wonder elves. <laughs> how many more films he'll make, you know? Is he going to be one of those directors working into his, like... 70s and 80s and 90s, you know? Or will he uh, retire or die or etc.? I'm just curious what, what an ancient Zemeckis would make, you know? Mm. What the future sort of like... Uh, I feel like right now we're seeing kind of the mature, fully adult Zemeckis, you know? But it's not quite yet the, the learned, aged master Zemeckis, you know, <laughs> that could that could still be in the future. We could we could <laughs> still get a film from this guy that would just end all cinema, you know. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I get the same vibe. I get the the feeling that that it could, yeah, that it. It just seems like he's happen. still experimenting. You know, he's still every, or at least the films I've seen. Like, mm. like the Pol- it's like Polar Express to me, like, I guess it's kind of an older Zemeckis movie now or whatever, but it's just as vital mm. and vibrant as Back to the Future, I think. Uh, it's like a totally different thing, you know, but it's, it's, experimental. it's got that energy. Yeah, he's doing 
new stuff with it somehow. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what's so exciting a bit about it be- getting bad reviews or being a flop is that it's it's really experimental. It's something yeah, very strange. Right. Exactly. Because it's not yeah. a it's not a flop like this movie, The Polar Express, you couldn't say that it's a flop because it's like uh a conventional movie or a or a bland movie no i think the reason it's a flop is because it's way too weird it's too creepy like it just doesn't it doesn't appeal it doesn't appeal to the kind of audience that it was probably marketed to i Um, love the way the film looks but it's almost a real tragedy that it that it looks so weird because i think (laughs) that ended up allowing like people projected a lot onto that one point you know it's Mm. like it's like all the reviews focused on the uncanny valleyness of the animation. They're like, yeah. that's why it's creepy. But that's not really why it's creepy. It's creepy mm-hmm. for a bunch of other reasons. First, <laughs> the, the weird animation is just the icing on the cake. But I think it, it kind of meant that the deeper weirdness of it never even really got seen. People just saw the bad, the, the weird animation and had a simultaneous horrible feeling in their stomachs <laughs> and ascribed it to the animation, you know? Which is partly ascribable to the animation, but but it, a lot of it yeah. is just about the yeah yeah. I agree. No, I agree. I think that the the exactly the animation is like the scapegoat for the yes. for the bad reviews because clearly it's doing very strange things. Like you know what you said about how there's these moments where the golden ticket flies out of the train and the camera is like tra- is like following it around. That Duck. whole thing. Ah. <laughs> I just can't. It hurts me to even think about that sequence. <laughs> it's, it's not normal, Alice. <laughs> it's so <laughs> abnormal. Like I, I can kind of almost start to see like, okay, it's like a cartoon. But even when I think about cartoons, cartoons mm-hmm. don't have sequences that ridiculous. Like for no reason like that. It's just so like random. <laughs> Sorry, you describe. You, yeah. You describe. No, no, man. Like it's it just it it. You know what's funny about it? It reminds me of like a an an art house thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it is like that. It is. It's because like, it's suddenly like no one could tell him no. <laughs> he just mm. was able to do it somehow. Um, it's a total like the, author vision moment. You know. The the what's weird about it for me is that the tonal shift of the movie is so big it's such a a kind of left field thing like suddenly you don't expect that sequence to last that long it lasts a lot for, for it such does a last so long <laughs> for such for such a like um I couldn't believe it man I was like blazed mm. out of my head and, and watching the movie like slightly <laughs> slow too and just like <laughs> Like the the length of it, just like just just kept like going. Like by the time the birds started eating the ticket, I was just like on the floor, like I don't know, like writhing. Probably it was <laughs> man, what a sequence! <laughs> yeah, because the fact that it's silent, I mean that there's no like dialogue. Yeah, and like no music. It's just it's just like this like <laughs> the sound of the wind is like it's so strange. Oh dude, of course I'd forgotten there's no music. It it gives it this strange um I mean maybe there's a little bit of music. I'm actually not sure, but I my memory of it is that it's just like nature sounds. <laughs> it's mm. like very unscored, yeah. 
Yeah, like that's not, it's not a genre that I would associate with the kind of movie it's included in. Exactly. Uh, in some yeah. sort of like conventional way. Like um, this sort of like, I don't know how many minutes it is, but these so many minutes of musicless, free-flowing camera just traveling through nature it's like yeah. a weird like um it it reminds me of for some reason like like i don't know like old like experimental russian movies like tarkovsky or stuff like that which in a different way in a mm. slower way mm. there's these I enormous mean, yeah. long just uh parades of 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 camera work Everything just blows open there, like the like the sense of scale. Because you kind of think like, okay, we're on this train now. Like you've just gotten on that train, you know. Mm. He's just gotten you used to the look of those interiors, and and like no sooner have you kind of settled into this like little train world and like the the social dynamics between these kids, like you get like blown into this out of body experience. You're like <laughs> soaring through the clouds, and then like through the valleys and the lakes, and like. You're with the wolves and you're with the eagles. It's like a spirit animal journey, and like it's just like what is going on? And then, it, and then it just, it, then it just, it just loops back around. Like I, that blew me away. Like the, I, I thought that ticket was oh. gonna like end up somewhere in nature, and then later in the movie that they're gonna find it or something. But yeah. he immediately loops it back around to the train, like a closed track, and it's just. Mm. <laughs> We're back in the little space, like, again, as if none of that happened. Like, somehow the the, the ticket's back in the train, you know? (laughs) And it it sort of proves the invulnerability of the train. Like, nothing can fall off this train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the magical connectedness of the ticket to to Mm. each child. Mm-hmm. Which is a big deal, right? Because the ticket is where the lessons get punched. Right? The whole oh. punch at the end. Uh, and one of them says believe, right? <laughs> it's, it's like the surface on which that final sink about sink is delivered or something. And dude, like you were mentioning Roald Dahl now with the witches. And yeah. Golden tickets are what you get Willy Wonka. in yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah. That thought crossed my mind too. That's another and, weird, like, recluse abducting children adjacent, like, in the subtext <laughs> kind of yeah. story, you know? Dude, and they get given hot chocolate. Like, it's, mm, oh, it's, that's it's right. A, yeah. It's a chocolate factory. Right. And, and it's also a weird, and it's another contact, like, tunnel. It's another, you know, Willy Wonka has that weird tunnel scene. Where it's like a sort of oh god, it's true, it's true, it's true. true. Well, and the Oompa Loompas are like the elves. Oompa Loompas are like elves. Yeah, Willy Wonka is clearly like a Christmas idea Mm. somehow. (laughs) He is like a Santa, you know, on some level. Um, So what is weird that Zemeckis is like nodding towards that? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) What? What? He's 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 telling you that this other movie is actually a Christmas movie. For some reason, he just like you to know that, and so he's built into the subtext of this other weird movie. God, dude. Uh, yeah. 
does Jim Carrey have anything to do with Willy Wonka? No, right? It was Johnny Depp in the Johnny Depp. reboot. Johnny Depp. Okay. That's less insane then. Because <laughs> Jim Carrey is in Zemeckis' Christmas Carol. Ah, yeah. Totally weird. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh, God, man. Like, I want to go back to the chocolate again for a second. Like, like yes. the fact that there are... So they appear, the Choco guys. What are we going to call these things? What the fuck even are they? are like maitre d's or something that only serve hot chocolate. Um, but, but, sorry, yeah, yeah. I just, but it's all so absurd because, because then they, the, the children are somehow seated perfectly in such a way that you end up with three children to each table. Now that already uh-huh. seems kind of impossible. Like kids seem like they were just kind of free floating around the cabin, but now they're all kind of preceded into groups of three. And then they pour out of specialized pots, like specialized kettles that have three spouts. So you see like three distinct streams of hot chocolate, like pouring into three distinct cups around a table at which three children are seated like why? it's so three doubled like why <laughs> why exactly <laughs> why? <laughs> exactly like like it, that scene is so explosive to me because the sink explodes and it's this uncanny valley animation it's like uh both of them at once and like tom hanks is like singing i just can't deal with it it's it's honestly one of those intense like action scenes I've like, ever seen. Like it has that level of exhilaration. It's like this like roller coaster. I just can't <laughs> wait for it to be over. It's so intense. I'm like relieved it's... when the fucking chocolate guys leave, you know, because they're they're so terrifying. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh man. <laughs> Fuck. Uh I hadn't but noticed the, that those the three yeah. streams. It, it's like an alchemical drawing. Mm. It, they, mm. they always show those three streams coming out of the fountain, you know? It's just so weird. Yikes. Yeesh. And it's such a throwaway. They, they never come back. Like, I would have thought <laughs> maybe, like, on the return trip, a little, like, wink from the maitre d's or something. Or <laughs> I don't know what, but maybe they could have given hot chocolate to the elves. or just something so that they feel a little more, like, grounded in the fictional world of the movie but they no like they just what is that scene? out of nothing and go back into nothing and yeah exactly what the fuck is it God. yeah like like why do they even get chocolate like what's what's the point of them getting chocolate like is it just it's just it's a literally like theme? kind of a non sequitur <laughs> that we enter that scene because it's just tom hanks is just suddenly like does anybody mm. want refreshments or something right <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. asks and someone's like, I'm hung. I don't know what, but they, they don't ask for hot chocolate. That's just produces once the kids are hungry. They, he never, yeah. they, they're never served food or anything. It's just <laughs> hot chocolate. <laughs> and aren't the lyrics? They're like, they're like, they're like, we keep it burning around the clock, always melting in the pot or something. It's like, it's like infinite. Oh. idea, you know. It... Oh, 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 oh! I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, 
Yeah, round the clock. You know what? Like what? 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 That scene did wake up in me though. Mm. It's just that it has this unsettling thing where the waiters are offering. They're not just serving chocolate. They're like offering a a a, a, a song and dance number. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a. It's, it's a kind ritual. of like a. Yeah, I mean, it 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 has this sort of like, I don't know, cabaret, but it has like this mm. uh, jazz bar. Yeah, vaudeville sort of like sort of something or yeah I know thing. Well, they're it's, they're like tap dancing and stuff. Yeah, and to be honest. It's not that it has anything obscene or anything, but it's not the kind of entertainment that I that that I think is aimed at children. These kind of like, I, for some reason, it gives me this feeling of like these guys are putting on this sort of like cabaret show for children, but it but it it doesn't feel like appropriate, not necessarily for any like pedophilic right. like implications, but because. It's not. It's like a boring adult kind of entertainment. It's like a sort of nineteen thirties jazz bar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... For these mm. children who are obviously like at least sixties kind of kids. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. 50s or fifties. Kids or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like. Yeah. People were probably watching like, the Ed Sullivan show and stuff that probably had garbage like that. I don't know. <laughs> right, maybe, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, um, I don't know. How, how, however, none of that explains, mm. like... <laughs> First of all, why aren't they elves? I guess Zemeckis oh. doesn't want to reveal the elves until later or something. <laughs> But they're clearly like some type of elf because they're cloned in a similar way. And we, I guess we just learned from this movie that elves are things that are just like weird copies of one another. <laughs> they all have the same accent. They kind of like look the same, except for the Aerosmith one. This terrifying. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> That's horrible. That's such a sort of like <laughs> early internet animation kind of. I know. Uh, oh, I, I, man. Yeah. That was, I mean, I just have no idea. Things like that make me think that maybe we, Zemeckis really is more kind of tone deaf than we think sometimes or something. Because <laughs> that's just, well, this feels like a misfire that, you know? It's mm. trying to have some kind of like Shrek smash mouth moment, you know? Mm. Just, oh, oh, a short no. Harry on it, you know? Why is this going on? <laughs> Oh right! Is it actually trying to like be Aerosmith? I hadn't realized. Like yeah, it's it's a it, it, it is like Aerosmith singing, and uh -huh. they've like mocapped them, <laughs> or like animated their faces or whatever, because they were on the soundtrack. So yes, mm -hmm. it's just literally Aerosmith. Hmm. <laughs> I know. I had chilling moments like these throughout the movie of thinking who are really associated oh. with armageddon <laughs> that's the other big like aerosmith movie right the movie called armageddon where a meteorite is going to destroy the planet uh. 
you know it, it yeah it feels sometimes like you say that there are moments in this movie that just feel like like wow this is a bad movie like this is a movie that is not achieving its goal like you say like it's it's trying yeah. it's trying to be like a a happy shrek kind of thing and it's really not doing it yeah but then and it's not are, doing it so spectacularly that mm. that we kind of think it must be on purpose <laughs> but maybe the, uh, yeah i don't know and parts and, of it and, must and, be on purpose I'm... exactly and then there are other moments that are so obviously to my eyes on purpose in the sense of that the creepy vibe is what he's aiming for that it just confuses me because it's like is he achieving his goal or is he not achieving his goal his artistic goal is this movie yeah i know yeah like what yeah what is he trying to do <laughs> um mm. It, it, see, it, 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 the part of the dreaminess of this movie for me is that it has like a non-linear character in that it shifts tone so often. Yes, suddenly, yes. Suddenly, like, Billy is singing a song. And in a very jagged way sometimes. Like, mm. it can be very abrupt with those tonal shifts, you know? Not just that it covers a lot of ground, but it's very kind of like one, then then suddenly you're in this Christmas song, you know? Which reminds me of, of, of a dream. It's like suddenly, yes. like, oops, suddenly you're in a new, like, the, the, <laughs> you're in a different place. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, it, it's like it's... It's trying out it's all these so different much genres. These spaces, just like moving through these spaces. Social, I don't know. It's like a, it's like the most spatial movie ever. It's just this train, like it's an, it's like a the whole thing is a ride. It's just like zooming you along the track, where it's going to show you all these environments. Yeah. Oh, your internet is kind of. It's almost crackly. like a haunted. Oh, okay. Let me move over here. Is it better now? I maybe. Let's see. But yeah, it is like a haunted like train ride or something. I don't know if that's what you. Yeah, it's 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 like a haunted house. Yeah. Mm. So it's a Christmas mm. movie, but then it's built like a haunted house kind of. It puts you on this ride, and it it shows you things that are surprising and jarring and a little. Well, it becomes horror in the in the abandoned toy room briefly. That's really creepy. So Mecca mm. shows you all the clown toys and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like marionettes and stuff, and they they kind of yeah. come alive or something. What exactly happens? But... <laughs> yeah, and he tries to make like some comment about environmentalism or like recycling. It's also like this weird oh, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just this, uh, it, it has no relevance to the rest of the movie, but apparently Santa is trying this new thing called recycling. Uh, and that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell was that? What? <laughs> Honestly, what was that about? 
So weird. Uh. Santa's trying this new thing called recycling. <laughs> it's it's as if that's trying to be a kind of because that's not something that someone in that time would actually say, Mm-mm. right? It's mm. like a nod that admits that we're in a movie because it's like we're talking like modern people now about recycling, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I guess maybe it's trying to be like a little joke, maybe, but it's not funny. It's just weird. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's as if Zemeckis has made a film out of, of the aesthetic of bombs you know like in in the comedy sense of like a failed joke you know (laughs) every scene is some kind of a bomb that misses its mark but it misses its mark in a way that's very precise all the time you know or seems that way Mm. which is a little bit interesting because he shows us the target next to the dog and the boy hero getting burnt by the radiator it's a bullseye idea precision we're going to hit the center of that thing with the dart you know Oh, it's a mandala thing, of course, you know. Totally. But then yeah. we see that target again with the with the presents when the kids get loaded into the big present bag. There's like a target painted on the ceiling or something, on the big doors that open. It's like it's like it's like a rocket launch kind of like so many mm. weird overlays in that segment. But yeah i don't know it's like it's like the the idea of like missing the bullseye too of like not hitting it like you know but in a way that's consistent or something i'm sure maybe i mean i don't know are we giving this guy too much credit or aren't we (laughs) but one can perceive the movie in that way it 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 can because it's so kind of virtuosic with how persistently creepy it it is it almost doesn't miss any opportunity to insert mm. like that belt in the Rockwell, you know, that could easily not be there. And the movie would be like a percent less creepy, you know, but it is there along with all these other weird things that make it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be all an accident. There's too many. No, I agree. Things, this, you know, yeah, it's, it's so, um, nicely put together. So yes. like, rich and it's, it's be- like beautiful mm. in a way like we're kind of making fun of it and stuff but like like because it's we have to do you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's so it's it really is like <laughs> crafted you know you know it reminds me of like a great album where it doesn't feel like it has fat on it like mm. even the scenes that feel extraneous they feel like they're there for like deliberately like like the thing with the with the ticket flowing around mm. it doesn't feel indulgent it, it feels bizarre and strange but it's like he doesn't do yeah. that multiple times he just does it the once you know it's so uh, like it's just like it's like it's like you're listening to a song and there's that perfect guitar lick but it only happens once mm. i love that in music like like wow that's a hook you could have made that the whole chorus but like nope we just reserved it for this one little part it just makes you come back over and over again you know um, yeah it's like yeah. that i want to watch that scene again right now because because it's just so wild like yeah yeah totally every, every it has this sort of prog um yes yes, yes 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 that's exactly <laughs> it 
Zemeckis is like a frog director or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it feels and I see, but that's so what's so bizarre because this frog. Um, <laughs> it it echoes the the train ride um, theme in that it's a linear path. You never run over the same territory twice. Like yes. Every yes. moment mm. in this movie is a linear progression from one room to the next room to the next room. And every room is this mm. weird, fascinating like experience. That's part of what must contribute to its dream like feel, you know? You're just moving yeah. from one sort of area to another in this God. Yeah. And that either needs to rooms kind of thing. <laughs> that's stupid because like that either needs to be intentional. And if it's intentional, it's like of artistic um beauty, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it is, it is anyway, but what I mean is like if it's intentional, like that's wow, that's a really cool vision to yeah. consciously implement. Yeah. And if it if it's unconscious, it's like fucking Zemeckis is really <laughs> vibing with some sort of <laughs> yeah no shit right un unconscious kind of like because it, it because it's a well what are the two big trains yeah. like that he gives it's there's like a time train and a dream train basically those are like the two things it's kind of telling you to put them together mm. time dream dream time well dream time it's like an eternity idea so it's always right there with him it seems mm. to me like he'll give you a cinema metaphor, but really it's a metaphor for eternity somehow, like eternal pictures or something, you know. He'll give you these trains, but but really they're about logical stuff. Question is, does he gravitate towards those things because he has an instinct for archetypal resonance that is intuitive and savant-like, you know, or is it as a conscious thing? We probably just can't ever know without befriending him somehow or something. <laughs> yeah. Asking him straight up. So, hey. Befriending Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> when you show the homeless man strangling the child's neck implicitly and just watch his face while you say that, you know? <laughs> like, does, is he going to agree <laughs> with that? Will he allow that? It's like, a, yes, that's a thing I did. Or we'll say, oh, hold on, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. Being. <laughs> These two things happen to happen. You're weird for <laughs> noticing that, you know. <laughs> I really wonder. Crazy fan interview. <laughs> we need this. This needs to be like a show, like sinkhead interview of, like if if only we had the money to just like pay their the Zemeckis publicity team or whatever to make something like that happen. <laughs> Dude, it would probably some... be horrible. Like. <laughs> but in my mind this would be like the greatest thing ever to have like a panel of sink heads like grill like Zemeckis and Spielberg like at once or something in a room cross examine them you know <laughs> yeah we're going to get to the bottom once and for all why your movies are so weird I'd love to talk to Joe Dante as well he seems like oh, yeah. he would be God. fun to talk with because he seems out of all these guys I don't know I, I get the feeling 
that he's the most comfortable with being open about weirdness. I don't know why. Like in some interviews, I've seen him like he seems to just some of these other directors never talk about their movies that way in in interviews and Joe Dante yeah, it's, it's strange yeah. I don't know anyway that's sort of like a side trend no no I think I agree though Zemeckis is interesting I've watched interviews with him mm-hmm. he seems quite smart and all that but there's something kind of um, I don't know how to say like reserved or fatherly about him mm-hmm. professional maybe you know I never feel like he's really like he's open about the meaning of his movies and his themes and stuff to the extent that he talks about that stuff, you know, but he's not really like, I've never heard him really. I've never seen him like have an, like an emotional moment on camera or something, you know, like sometimes you see artists, they get, they get a little, they get involved in what they're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. um, Zemeckis, I always feel like he's deliberately keeping uh, some distance from the interviewers. And that can be for a million reasons, you know. People just don't like to give interviews, whatever, you know. But it is it is true. Like, I never... He doesn't quite open up. And uh, Spielberg is just a different kind of problem. Like, he just seems like he doesn't take his own movies that seriously, really, or something. Mm-hmm. At least not the ones that I take seriously. He takes Schindler's List seriously. But I think to him, Indiana Jones is... <laughs> It's still basically kind of like garbage, you know. It was like fun garbage that he made there for oh. George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, it's hard yeah, for me no. to imagine that because it's so serious. Like it has Nazi stuff in it and all that stuff. But 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 that seems to be his kind of mm-hmm. his approach often. But then again, I think there's some reason. Maybe doesn't David have some info about Spielberg being involved with Kabbalah? And I don't know. Oh else. right, but, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just speaking strictly in terms of like the forward-facing public interview face of these guys, you know, um, mm-hmm. I agree. Joe Dante seems the most kind of openly artistically oriented or something if that makes sense something like that like i feel like he would Spielberg and Zemeckis are making blockbusters they're making huge million dollar movies and joe dante Mm. kind of is doing that but not really he's not at that same a level thing so yeah i feel like he gets to be a little bit more of an author for that reason (laughs) stupidly you know Mm. yeah you know what you're talking about Zemeckis being like reserved and like fatherly or professional yeah let me think again about um the know-it-all character yes um because i was thinking that the the a role he serves in this movie somehow is that he represents disbelief in a certain way a sort of left brain he does yeah he's a rationality Dude, that He's whole like, thing while they're careening towards the, the cleft in the mountain. Left. Right. Left. Oh. <laughs> right. And they're, they're, it's a big Zemeckis hemisphere balance thing again, you know. How many uh, times totally. do you give us that in these movies? Like in The Walk and 
obviously in Back to the Future, and like mm-hmm. then we get it with the train. So yeah, I agree. I really think that that kid, yeah, he's like a left hemisphere idea in some way. Yeah. See, th- that's so weird because again, I the fact that so are they the four this... functions? These kids. He's like the intellect. Is Billy feeling? Oh shit. Right, they are the mandala. They are the four. Right, so jeez. <laughs> I right, so so the, the girl is leadership. I'm not sure right. exactly what would that be, I wonder. Hmm. She's already integrated belief. So um cuz hmm. she she ex- <laughs> she expects boy protagonist to believe in her, right? Boy protagonist yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah. doesn't want to believe in her, but he ends up believing in her. Like with the right. break. He's like I don't. Believe, oh, I think the break. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this this is not the break, surely, and it is, and it teaches him like some sort of a lesson about believing trust what other people something. trust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess. So, yeah. That that. Mm. I mean. I mean. I mm. agree. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just saying. I guess because because that scene is kind of weird, though. Like I'm just thinking. Like really, why is there even a confuse like? First of all, it says something weird about the train. The train is not designed intuitively. Because right. the kid's right. The other thing looks like the brake. Why is the brake like a secret brake that you have to know like secret information about? <laughs> yes. It makes it dangerous, you know? Um, right. The, the, the train is built as a leap of faith. Yes. Every, everything that's, about that's right. it Everything about it is a leap of faith. You got you need it. To That's just... totally it. That's it. <laughs> you, yeah. You need to just they sort of even like, show him yeah. leaping. He leaps between the cars when he mm. loses the ticket first, right? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And totally, they like they they jump onto the train as it's already moving. That's how all the kids seem to board, or at oh. least the kids that we see. Oh God, yeah, it is. It's literally like no one gets it's on. It's literally a jump. Yeah, it's literally a leap of faith. Um, <laughs> they don't think about it. Zemeckis it's is just... so funny. Like, like, but that it's another. It's just another instance of this though, where he's like, he's using an image to generate a word sequence that is a metaphor for his theme, leap of faith. Uh, yeah, shows you a literal leap. That means leap of faith, and then leap of faith means this stuff about belief and, and, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. He's navigating this weird but, terrain where, so he is ringing yeah. the neck. He's definitely ringing the neck. Is what that makes me think. <laughs> <laughs> right. But at the same time, like I, I, I want to watch some interviews with him, but I would agree with you that, well, or like, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but like that, mm. it seems to me that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't aware of a lot of this stuff. Like yeah, he's, he's a, yeah, yeah. He's aware of a lot of it because otherwise, it 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 just formally can't exist. Like you, there's a lot of this stuff in the movie that, in order to even <laughs> right, in yeah. order in order to even animate it or whatever, it's just part of the script. It's just of like course, some of course, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the awareness is there. There there is awareness at some level. But yeah. then it's like he himself is in a state of leap of faith in that he's like 
Mm-hmm. Some some of it he knows with his left brain, and some of it he's just kind of like. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking at one point along the way here that like part of what Zemeckis does, right, just as mm-hmm. like a style thing, is he just likes to blend genres together. That was really mm. a hallmark of it's like what made Back to the Future so successful. Par- partly was that it it was a bunch of things at once. It was like a science fiction thing. It was a fifties nostalgia thing. It was a time travel thing, but also yes. a myth, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. 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 He's blending all this stuff. Like I would really argue. Yeah. There's like weird little Christmas movie flavors in it. You know, he's, he's tossing these things in like, like alchemical ingredients, mm. <laughs> sometimes mm. just as a spice, you know? Here's now this becomes like an action movie for two seconds, you know, and now it's like a comedy and now it's a drama and he's, you know, he's blending all that stuff. Like, like that's become much more commonplace now, but I think Zemeckis kind of could probably say he kind of pioneered that looseness a little bit, genre fl- fluidity, along with like Joe Dante and guys like that in the 80s. So he's just doing that. Like maybe sometimes he just ends up with an impossible weird one. And he doesn't know exactly why. Like maybe Polar Express really is just like a very subtle combination of many genre elements that sum to something very religiously mm. disturbing. You know, <laughs> and maybe that wasn't exactly intentional on that. Mm. You know, I, I could I could see that. Like if, if you're just doing kind of genre alchemy, what do yeah. you get when you cross a Christmas movie? with uh, this and that and et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah, yeah. You get mm. a night, you get like a UFO nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently. But, and, and then it, it's funny because like that, um, that know-it-all kid is like a distraction from protagonists' feelings towards girl protagonist that's Um, true like whenever that's funny yeah and that intellect is getting way of the relationship with the anima is that what that might be it's it 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 feels that also gives this weird dreamlike aspect because like he gets onto the train and obviously like the girl is smiling at him and then this guy just starts talking to him and like yeah it's an interruption right away it's an interruption and the problem is that because he the protagonist has already shown signs of kind of not wanting to deal with this whole girl situation with like feelings yeah um, right the 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 know-it-all's interruption feels like a welcome interruption it's like the ego it's the e- it's like the ego's own distraction kind of thing mm, like I, mm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna think about that i'm just gonna like think about facts that that oh you know what it relates to yeah it just clicks mm. for me yeah it seems to be a reflection of the relationship between the child hero and the sister in that first scene because the sister believes in christmas Oh. And it's the it's the boy hero who says who's giving all the facts that are going to disprove that faster than light. And, and point. he says, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then we see him looking at the magazines that are showing like Santa's on strike. And, you know, so he is he's collecting facts and using them to distance himself from the magic 
Totally. And so then that, yeah, how interesting. Totally right. He he has his own little weird, like collection of newspaper clippings like a sort of conspiracy yeah, 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 newspaper yeah. clipping thing of like facts that <laughs> prove that christmas doesn't exist um, <laughs> and uh has there ever been any kid who actually did such a thing this is so funny to me <laughs> I, I love it exactly <laughs> yeah and then it's strange because sister is voiced by the same actress who voices his mother, I think. There's like a really oh wow yeah. why? <laughs> That's exactly. Not, you had you had one why, and now now I have another <laughs> why. Your why was in reference to the three is in the chocolate room. My why is in reference to this Zemeckis is using the same actor for multiple roles for a reason, but maybe it's for a reason. Wink, wink. Like it's, it's, that is such a disturbing subtext in this movie to me that everything is Tom Hanks. Like that's just another nightmare choice. <laughs> and yeah, and you know the problem with that as well is that according to IMDb, and I would love if the credits mm-hmm. for the movie were the same. The sister is credited as Sister Sarah, which is so. Such a like nun, like religious yeah, sister Sarah. Wow, sister Sarah, it's sister Sarah and mother, mother are the same Gosh. actress, which is obviously like some sort of like a yeah, that's insane. yeah, um, like mother of God thing, and um, that's very it's very interesting, actually. Yeah, really, I don't know what to say. <laughs> that that mother Mary is so absent from Zemeckis's Christmas movie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And also, like, there's no Mrs. Claus, you know? Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's completely about the father, and then just in, like, margins, kind of, these little bits to do with the feminine part. Uh <sighs> But why? But why do it that way? If we're thinking that the two Bobs talk about all this stuff and they know all this stuff, if it's if it's deliberately a Jungian movie, yeah. Zemeckis must know that a big part of Jung's thing was restoring the feminine. To mm-hmm. you know, why is it missing that other? Ha- it's not properly alchemical in that way. Ultimately, we're mm-hmm. we're missing the female half of the godhead at the end you know yeah and anyway bob gale gives us a movie that's all about the anima so it seems like bob gale follows up back to the future which had kind of repressed feminine stuff by exploding the feminine out into kind of a whole movie about an anima projection you know (laughs) but zemeckis doesn't he sticks with these masculine things largely like even in his movie that's about a female sci-fi protagonist it's still about jodie foster's father in that thing Mm, it's like yeah yeah the mother is nowhere to be found and that's it's a single dad scenario in that yeah story i think now again it's like that's another thing he's adapting that from carl sagan's book you know Uh uh-huh interesting one to adapt as well 
you could have adapted some other Christmas story. There's plenty, you know. Yeah. Um, and I love how <laughs> Hero Girl in Polar Express, uh, at the end, they say goodbye. And the movie is presenting this as if, like, they could probably, like, be friends or like each other. Like, there, there's some, like... Yeah, yeah. And and the, the the see the the weird thing for me I don't know if it's really weird maybe it's just how the movie ends but it's like it feels as if the movie has established this whole sort of like um, relationship between the hero and the hero girl and and that's it and it ends as uh, an opportunity. Not opportunity is not like the word. It's very utilitarian. But you know what I mean. Like it, it's as if mm, what 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 is that ending? It it feels as if hmm. as if the see to me. Okay, this is what I mean. It feels and and the, it's not necessarily what I don't think it's my opinion. Like I don't really care what the protagonist does. It's just that the movie seems to present this as a quote-unquote mistake as if the girl protagonist and the boy protagonist like could have like I, maybe it's the 50s but they could have like exchanged uh, postal addresses or something or like you know right, kept Steve, in touch in yeah, some yeah, way yeah. and the movie is somehow presenting it as if a mistake was made this was not done mm. as if the guy gets off the train and and that's it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm sort of this, uh, wrong here. But it, it it has this weird sort of feeling of like what, which also gives it a numinous feeling because like it's like what was this whole experience of of like care of children caring for each other? Was it just con self-contained in a dream, and it won't extend beyond that? Yeah, I see what you uh, mean. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I it, just it, it is it's it's, it's a strange it's it, no yeah it's a strange aspect <laughs> of the story, like maybe it's just mm. a consequence of the structure of a story like this where you have everyone going on a magical journey. Like what happens when the kids go back home from Hogwarts? You know, like they can't mm -hmm. interact with each other anymore. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it does. It absolutely has that structure. It's one of those stories where a bunch of character bonding happens that then has to get thrown away at the end. Yeah, and I yeah, agree. Yeah. It it doesn't really do much with that. Some films that have that structure, they thematize it, and so they they build it up very carefully. And they, although they're going to split the characters apart, they they give a lot of meaning to how they split apart and etc. But Polar Express doesn't seem to have very much of that. It's pretty light mm. on the character development, really. <laughs> you don't yeah. learn a whole lot about these children. Um, they're kind of just like the surfaces that things happen to mm -hmm. <laughs> over the course of the narrative so that you can see these things happen and understand the meaning yeah. of the movie, you know? Yeah, and I've got to say, I kind of like that as well because, yeah, I mean, totally. In sense, I mean, it's, it's part of its weird vibe, you know? It, it's cool that, like, you know, because obviously, like we were saying about um, Back to the Future Part 3, the most classic way to end a Hollywood movie would be with some sort of like romantic uh, connection being established. And it, it's kind of funny that it doesn't 
do that despite the whole movie seeming to be about um at some level this protagonist avoiding his know-it-all mind in order to reconnect with his um like emotional emotions or something yeah uh, yeah but like you say despite the movie being all about that it's the the father is the is what's present there mm-hmm. um because that's what you're dealing with or something uh, in that case well, so i'm know, very so interested strange. in this in this basic fact that like mm-hmm. santa is something that your father pretends to be you mm. know this just seems like a basic idea in the film you know mm. um because we see that the shadow of the father misinterpreted as santa right away yeah. um and we see the the Rockwell painting where we see the costume that the father wears. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the movie, all, all of this, it's like we're encountering a bunch of versions of that dad, sort of like how it ends up working. The conductor is a version of the dad. The uh-huh, homeless guy yeah. is a version of the dad. And Santa is a version of the dad. So mm. there's a version of the dad that or like an aspect of the father that's resonating the divine father that seems to be the thing like your literal dad is going to dress up as a god and try Mm -hmm. to convince Mm -hmm. you that he's really that god I just I think Christmas is a really weird thing in our culture. There's anything else like that (laughs) your dad Mm. doesn't dress up as Christ and try to convince He's literally Christ, you know, but so it's like he doesn't we do, but we do do that. But with Santa, who is Christ, but it's just it's like saying it's like saying gosh instead of God. We make up Uh this gosh version, which is Santa. And then we permit the father to masquerade as that version of Christ or something. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, no, I know. It's not weird. It's so weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, 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 what is this whole process? And it's almost like, um, see, the feeling is as if our culture needs that ritual to blow off steam. Like, I think yeah. you said that yeah. something similar, as if this is the only occasion where fathers, I mean, parents allow their children to believe in. Yes, and not only allow, but in a sense, kind of like encourage and like implant the ideas for this whole like set of (laughs) magical beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you believe in Santa growing up as a literal entity? Oh, yes. But the thing is, okay. So this is like actually here in um in Spain, we don't do santa that much Mm. we our santa character is the three kings the three holy like sages oh i see who bring gifts to christ so the idea is that they they fly on like not donkeys like camels and they 
visit your house and you it's the mm. same santa thing you give them milk and cookies and stuff and they leave presents and i remember as a kid ah, like, how interesting like like actually sort of like feeling that they were in the house and like you know that yeah that's totally. cool <laughs> i never believed my, my parents told me straight up when i was like mm-hmm. as far back as i can remember like it was like no santa's just this thing like it, it was oh, so right. weird because i because i had friends who believed in it so my parents explained that to me. They're like, yeah, yeah, your friends might believe in this, but someday they're going to find out this isn't real. Like, it was, it was, the, it was the weirdest thing. Like, I, I, like, I had this sense of, like, knowing a secret that, like, I couldn't tell my friends, you know? And, like, because I, I never believed in it, it, it wasn't a big deal to me, but, it, like, it clearly was to, like, my friends, you know? And so, like, I don't know, it was just it was so strange. But now I kind of wish that I'd gone through the experience of believing in Santa and then losing the belief in all of this because it's just like, it seems like a rite of passage for Western children or something that I missed out on. <laughs> it's, yeah. I can't really appreciate the Polar Express, you know. I don't have Christmas <laughs> memories, really, directly. We didn't celebrate right. Christmas or anything. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm kind dude. Of... Oh yeah. Sorry. Say. I was about to say I don't think I can think anymore about the Polar Express, but I can think about one last thing about the Polar Express. If you want to do a final okay. topic here or something. Right. No, I just wanted to bring up that Sister Sarah and Mother are motion captured by Leslie Zemeckis, who is no his wife. <laughs> no. Um, and uh... no. <laughs> that's so weird why is the protagonist because the protagonist would be a stand-in for him for his ego i suppose i would suppose i don't know yeah. but then and then okay anyway i have to be honest i have plenty more to say but i think that we could probably like me too more. but yeah 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 um, let's, let's let's we can i need to have just... some kind of a kind of an afternoon here i've got to like eat and yeah, yeah. No, before. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it again or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do we'll do a God. We'll do we'll just do a whole sequence of podcasts with the Polar Express. <laughs>